welcome to another episode of the Sheer Motivation Podcast. Coming on here for your weekly dose of motivation. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe via our YouTube channel. Yes, click the button. Don't forget. Well, if you made it here, congratulations. Pat yourself on the back because you survived yet another week. Work, kids, family. Football practice, basketball practice, all of the things you survived. So pat yourself on the back. <laughs> so what's been going on with you, Tina, 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 this week? Not much. Not much. It has been a kind of even till week, so I'm glad about that. Um, you know, work, mm-hmm. uh, kids, mm-hmm. running the household. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about it. So, you know, I encourage anyone that, you know, a, a week with no events is a great week. You know what I'm it saying? It is. But be prepared that things change quickly. So. Mm. <laughs> they do. They do. Lately this week, I've been checking in with myself. I noticed this last week I've had moments where I felt a little sad here and there. Out of nowhere. Nothing, nothing really happened or didn't happen. It was just little moments where I was like, dang, I feel kind of sad right now. Mm-hmm. But also... My lady time just came and went. So I noticed, I don't know how you ladies are out there, but I know when my lady time is close or here, there's a little dip in my mood. So I just been trying to make sure I stay on the up and up. It's very important to be in tune with your body. You know, we did experience daylight savings time. I didn't Um, even think about that. The seasons change. You know, we went from summer to fall. Um, and then back to summer and then fall. This confusing <laughs> weather, right. bipolar weather right, right. that we so have. Just be in tune with your body, you know, mm-hmm. and if you feel something that's not normal, definitely, you know, seek the attention that you need to that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just look at patterns, look mm-hmm. at patterns of things and try to figure out what's going on with mm-hmm. you. Um, you know, we always talk about self-care, self-love, you know, if it needs to be longer showers, if you need to go for a massage, if you need to go for a long walk, yeah. if you need to have a difficult conversation with a friend mm-hmm. just to get that emotion out, definitely do yeah. that. Yeah, I would, because I, I noticed, I was like, why do I feel so sad? Then I was like, did I take my vitamin D? Because when my vitamin D is low, I start feeling a little, uh. right. so I've just been trying to take my vitamins this week, drink my water. Pull myself out of the funk. Like you said, I didn't even think about how daylight savings and the weather changing could affect, um, you know, my mood. So, you know, I just been tapping into that. So y'all drink y'all water, take y'all vitamins, you know, check in with that stuff. I went, I I did have my physical, my yearly physical, all things are well. So I'm excited about that. All the stuff that needed to be negative was negative. Okay. And all the levels was right on point. So I'm happy about that. And I'm going to tell you in advance because I know she's not going to forget to tell you. Um, but she has a birthday coming up and she's not going to forget to tell you. But I'm, this is just yeah. your prelude to, you know, start, um, you know, mm-hmm. getting yourself in agreement with yeah. what um, Delina has going yeah, on. Yeah, because so. next month, it's my birthday, December 13th. Mm-hmm. Um, I do accept gift cards, cash apps, all kind of things. But we'll have plenty of time to discuss that. Mm-hmm. Um you know, like I said, gift cards, cash app, lunches, you know, all of those things. Because my birthday is December 13th. December right. 13th is my birthday. And it's she my has birthday. reminded me countless number of times 
and she's also reminded all of our coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know for myself, I love birthdays. I love birthdays. I love celebration. I love to, to see people, you know, get cake and um, celebrate another year of yeah. going around the sun, as they love to say. So I enjoy it. So I'm here for it. It doesn't bother me in the least bit. But I don't want to be by myself <laughs> and being the only person that knows that her birthday is coming up. So oh, I you, you won't guys... be. Yeah, you won't be alone. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be alone. Yes. It's my birthday, December 13th. Mm-hmm. Write that down. Put it on your calendar. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of sitting down mm-hmm. and talking mm-hmm. and having difficult conversations, mm-hmm. um, we know that in the past week or so, um, an interview came out with Jeezy and Nia Long. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know Nia Long does these type of interviews, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, I thought she did good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did really, really good. So, um, if you hadn't had a chance to check it out, definitely check it out. Um, you know, we're going to talk about it. We're going to have some engagement in regards to, you know, what we took away from the interview. But we want people to formulate their own opinions as well. Um, it could be something on there that could assist you in your personal journey to healing, um, to personal growth, maturing, loving on yourself. And I think that that um, interview is a powerful tool to mm-hmm. be used for that. Yeah, I watched the interview. So I finished it yesterday. Um. And first of all, I like the fact that they normalize um, black men, especially, but men in general, just being more vocal and him sitting down with her and getting his thoughts out. So I thought that was dope. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought, I guess when I watched it, I was expecting, I guess, more detail i mean i guess they didn't want to give all of that Mm -hmm. you know nothing really was too specific so if you're looking for like a reason as to why you know they broke up or what broke the camel's back i didn't get any of that Mm -hmm. but what i will say is i do feel like he was very guarded i think her observation of that was correct you know he's dealt with a lot of trauma he's healed from some of it he was still in healing and he was open about that so i overall the interview was good but I was expecting to hear so why y'all break up yeah so I think you know from my standpoint they're in an active divorce case Mm -hmm. and you know slander libel um those type of things are real Mm -hmm. those are real so if somebody somebody throws salt on your name you know we're not talking about just your next door neighbor talking I mean which in those there are cases and laws that support that but when we're talking about celebrities with a lot of money, so if he get on a platform and start talking crazy, um, releasing information that Jeannie... Okay, you know, it could jeopardize the outcome of correct, their divorce. Correct. So I, I guess I get that. Yeah. But then my thing is, wait till after it's over to do the interview. Well, Jeezy has a lot of great I'm things nosy. going on now. I he has know. a lot of great things going on. Also. He has so book. before we start, mm-hmm. do you have a crush on Jeezy? No. No, I don't have a crush on him. See, it's, it's weird that you would say that. No, I have a... I because have a I love. remember. No, no, no. I have a love for black men who are doing the work. I have a love for people that are doing the work. Mm-hmm. And if I see it, I salute it. Their, okay. their, their healing journey is their healing journey. So you have to salute somebody for even starting. Yeah, that's true. Because so the longest saying. journey begins with the first step. Correct, correct. So I'm like, woo. You know, I, his story is not my story. Parts of it I could relate to. Most of it I could not relate to because I'm an African-American female. I'm not an African-American mm-hmm. man. I didn't grow up in the city and state that he grew up in. And certain life situations he had to deal with, I did not have to deal with. Right. And I do think 
we do need to do more um, supporting our black men, like, and allowing them to have a space to express their thoughts. Because they go through a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. They go through a lot of stuff, and they're not vocal. Whereas we have sisters, cousins, aunties, friends, whatever. We we talk more. We're naturally more vocal. Mm-hmm. We, You know, some of my coworkers know more about because I'm with them all day, you know, 40 mm-hmm. hours a week. So we talk all the time. But still, you're getting things out. Mm-hmm. Men don't all, they're not as vocal for one. Correct. And so we need to do more of that, allowing them to get it out. Definitely, definitely. I mean, as a woman, I know if I go to one of my friends and I'm looking down or I'm not myself, mm-hmm. I know she'd be like, girl, what's wrong? Yeah, see, men Let don't do out, that. girl. Yeah. Talk to me, girl. You know, angry, sad, bad, mm-hmm. whatever it is, she going to be like, talk about it. You know, and whatever emotion I'm dealing with, you know, whether it be somebody tick me off, the kids, the work, the finance, whatever, she'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, girl. You know, with some empathy, with mm-hmm. a little bit of understanding. But men don't quite have that. I mean, in, in most men friend circles, it's more like, dude, you got this. Be strong. You mm-hmm. know, be strong. Be, But in, not, in all instances, can you be strong? Sometimes you have to be vulnerable to your emotions mm-hmm. and work through those emotions. Yeah, it's different for guys. But, yeah. but yeah, I, I overall, I like the interview. I was looking for more, you know, as to the reason why they parted. But let me just say this in a nutshell. Like I said, I mean, I'm not going to break it all down. If you haven't seen the interview, you can look it up on YouTube and watch the interview. But there's this part of marriage that people, a lot of people don't talk about. It's the real, I used to call it the real behind the ring. So it's once you get into a marriage after the first year, you know, all the dust and settle, you know, the bridesmaids then went home, hung up their dress, donated it, whatever. Um, It's the real behind the ring where you guys are settling into everyday life and things are becoming more and more transparent, good and bad. But I think it's important for people in relationships to discuss maybe not everything in detail as far as your past trauma, but to let your partner know what certain triggers are. Mm -hmm. Because if you are married to somebody or in a relationship with somebody and you don't know what their triggers are, then you could be poking and not even know. Mm -hmm. I didn't get the vibe from him that something horrible happened that they couldn't have come back from. But maybe she just didn't know how to support him through his... And I believe he was still healing. I don't believe his work was completely done. I mean, but I think he was still working through some things that she may have been poking and not knowing. Or once she became aware, maybe she didn't know where to put that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. So we, when when the interview starts off, um, you know, they Jeezy and Nia refer to themselves as little Nia and little Jay. Because they're talking about their adolescent selves. They're talking about things that they went through that they didn't have control over. They were minors. Mm-hmm. Um, there, It would have been their parents' responsibility to protect them and shield them from certain things that they were going through. Mm-hmm. So, um, Jeezy's trauma started early in life. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and up until through teens and into his 20s or whatever. He was losing friends due to, you know, street stuff, gun violence, whatever. And, um... You know, he talks about that. And then he talks about, you know, his adolescent self being molested. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot. You know, that's that's a whole 
you know, ordeal within itself. Mm-hmm. And he talks about that. And then he talks about not ever feeling protected. Mm-hmm. And then he talks about his mother pulling um, a gun on him mm-hmm. at 12. Mm-hmm. So he talks about eight, you know, witnessing a friend's dad um, shoot the friend's mom four times. He's hiding under a bathroom cabinet. Because they're mm-hmm. afraid that the dad if you want to hear more, but go go pull up the interview so yeah, you can watch, watch it. it for yourself. Because we don't we don't have time to unpack every little detail, but it was a good interview. But go ahead. So um, you know, he, but he talks about never being protected, and I think that in itself is you know that's why you seek out your partner. You look for a partner that compliments you, that you feel safe with, and that you feel like you can journey along with. So I think it's many levels to the relationship dynamic. I just, um, you know, I could continue prayers for Jeezy as he heals, continue prayers for Nia, mm-hmm. because she talked about her um, process with the most recent public breakup that she had, and mm-hmm. she talked about that, and, mm-hmm. you know, the things that she had to endure with that. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing is, always have grace, always have grace. You know, people's adolescence, and um, their, their growing up molds them, it shapes them. Yeah. And that's, that's a lot of things they don't have control. You don't have control over what city or state your mother going to birth you in. Right. You know what I'm saying? You don't have no control over the house y'all live in, you know, not having transportation. You don't have no control over what you look out your window and see occurring, you know, people shooting dice, people shooting guns. You don't have no control over that because you're a <laughs> child and you're looking to the adult to put you in a safe environment. Yeah. So I think when he looks at relationships, he's looking for, you know, that feeling of safety and security that when mm-hmm. hey when I lay down at night I can just be myself I mm-hmm. don't have to be strong I don't have to be Jay or Jeezy or any of them street names I can just be myself do you feel like watching the interview he wasn't getting he didn't get that right so when we talked about it because Delina and I talked about it off camera we talked about it the first day that the interview aired I just was waiting for her to finish watching it but what I said, because everybody was like, well, what did he say? What was the, you know, why did it? And I'm like, it wasn't that type of interview. It wasn't that type of interview because he's talking about his healing journey. But I still say if you watch it, you can get from it that he wasn't getting the support that he needed. Because mm-hmm. when, when Nia said that, she was like, well, if you're doing the work, and he said, yeah, but your partner has to be willing to do the work as well. You know, you're mm-hmm. dealing with things. They're dealing with things. You're trying to deal with yours. They got to deal with theirs. And then y'all got to come back to the table and be you know, on the same level. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're continually healing, 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 and they're pretty much like stuck, then y'all won't ever catch up. It'll always be a separation mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. And the things that you unpack and then put away or you dealt with, they're not unpacking theirs and dealing with it. And everybody's journey is on a different level. And that's why I said we got to give grace. But he said that, you know, they went to therapy and... Um, you know, marital therapy or whatever, and it just wasn't gonna, it just wasn't gonna work. I mean, and I don't know, Jeannie could have been looking at it like, get over it. You know, we talking, you 46, we talking about stuff that happened when you was mm-hmm. 6, 8, and 10, or 12. You know what I'm saying? We talking about stuff back then, like, why aren't you over that yet? Right. Um, so, what? one thing that I've learned from being in my own relationship is sometimes, there are we problems, meaning if you and I are in a relationship, sometimes we have us problems, mm-hmm. and then sometimes a person has a them problem. So what I know is it's very difficult to be with a man who has mommy issues. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll never um you'll never feel that wound 
Um, but like you said, you can support them through it mm-hmm. while they come. But therapy is two parts. You go to therapy, right? Because I've been to therapy. Okay. And um, I did I did therapy when I was married um, for a period of time. And then I did therapy um, about a year and a half ago for about seven months. So therapy is two parts. You go, you get stuff out, you unpack it. And they kind of assist you um, in organizing it, right? Um, They don't really give you a solution, but they kind of nudge you in the direction of different possibilities. And then you kind of from there pick which one you want to execute, you know? And if you choose one that doesn't work, you go back to drawing board. But what I say all that to say, therapy is two parts. You go, you unpack, and then you have to utilize the tools that they give you, mm-hmm. you know? And that's another thing we should normalize is supporting people into going to therapy because it's, it's actually very good to go somewhere and get all your stuff out mm-hmm. and unbox it and organize it and whatever. So, I, I mean, they went to counseling, which I thought was great. And then I just wonder, like, were they actually using the tools? You know, I mean, I just would love to know more about what, because I'm nosy. I what? mean, you know, this, this, and usually I'm not really into that much of celebrity stuff, you know, but this one really piqued my interest because I was like waiting the whole time at the interview, like, is he going to say this one thing that's going to like be like, oh, okay, that's probably what was it. I didn't get that nobody was cheating. No, I didn't get that. I, I didn't get it was no infidelity or anything like that. Like mm-hmm. I said, he just continued to say, you know, support, 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 you know, mm-hmm. in, in unison, together. You know, those were the things that he was saying. And when, uh, back to what you said about the mommy issues, um, he, talk, he talked about, you know, dealing with that. He talked about how he forgave his mother. Mm-hmm. He forgave her, you know, saying that she was young and she he know that she did the best that she could. He mm-hmm. he drove, you know, he talked about driving to the mm-hmm. the cemetery and he wrote a letter to his mom mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Now did he deal with this stuff before or after he was in the marriage? Um, I think this was after. I think if, if I remember the timeline, it was after. It was like a year and a half or so ago. So this would have been after he married Jeannie because supposedly they were married around the two year mark or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it would have been after, but he in the letter he says that he chooses him. Mm-hmm. So that's why I feel like it was after he had gotten married and he said he was going to choose him. Mm-hmm. But Which now, I thought was interesting because I did get that it was like after. Mm-hmm. And I and I think it's real important to get married when you are in a whole place. Because your partner can't come in and fill gaps in the fence. You have to already come to the table whole. People talk about the table. You have to come to the table whole. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, this happened. I was hurt by it. I was wounded by it, but I have closure. I learned these things. I put it into perspective. I've grown from it. I've got closure with this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I can imagine that was very difficult to be with, him, be married to him all that time, and he's still working through the rage that he had towards his mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could be a lot. Yeah, but, I mean, Jeannie has also been vocal about her... Um, dysfunction with her mom, mm-hmm. mom and my, and she talks about you know, and then like I said, so Jeezy states in his interview he was molested. Jeannie has been vocal about her being molested. Jeezy talks about his trauma 
from his mama. Jeannie talks about her trauma from her mama. So they had some similarities. Mm -hmm. To her people. To her people. But what I'm saying is, if if you see him going through it, and you know these are some same issues that you feel or have had to deal with, then that should have been the encouragement to get on one accord. To say, okay, we need to do this together, hand in hand, husband and wife. Like, mm-hmm. let's just take off our cloaks, take off our hats, and just be one and just deal with this together on mm-hmm. the same level. Because at the end of the day, we're just trying to be the best two parents to our child. Mm-hmm. And we want to be the best husband and wife to each other. So mm-hmm. we need to go through this together. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say, you know, I just really think that we're in two different places of this healing journey. And we... We as um, spectators, we may never know. You know, mm-hmm. it may never be fully disclosed. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying in an interview, it was done with class. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't speak badly of her. Um, mm-hmm. And he said, I would never talk badly about somebody that I love. Right. right. And I, I think that protected her. And hopefully that gave her a little sense of security as well. You know, because it, when you said Jeezy did an interview with Neil Long, Jeannie probably was sitting on the edge of her seat like... Oh, you know, what's going on? What is he about to get up here and say? You know, mm-hmm. if it was a messy if it was a messy breakup. Mm-hmm. So the unknown probably had her like mm. Well, I know they have a beautiful daughter. Um, well, how do you say it? Monaco? Is that how you say her name? Oh, uh, yeah, something like that. I think her daughter their their daughter's just absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I wish them the best. Um and I guess they'll transition on to co-parenting. He has other kids, right? Mm-hmm. I know I saw one article say he has three other kids, but then in that interview or somewhere I saw him on like Good Morning or something, and he said he don't have three kids. Yeah, <laughs> so I, think, I don't I know. Think he has three other children. I think he has a grown the grown son that's twenty some, and then mm-hmm. I think he has two. Yeah, that's what I read yeah. in the article that he had three other children. So this little baby made four. Mm-hmm. But he said that wasn't true. So I don't know how oh, many kids yeah. he got. But I know how many kids I got. Right. I know how many kids <laughs> I got. And, um, you know, I wish I wish him well on his healing journey. Um, and so, yeah. So to our, um, to our gentlemen out there, our gentlemen viewers and, you know, husbands of those um, ladies that are tapping weekly. You know, we just want to say, you know, continue to do the work, continue to unpack, continue to encourage one another, love on each other, find out each other's love language. And, um, you know, if it's therapy, if it's counseling, either through your church or through a licensed professional, mm-hmm. whatever you need to do, because we've all been through something. It's what you do at the end, you mm-hmm. know, once you do have control over your situation. Like I said, as an adolescent, you can't change the things that you're introduced to. But as an adult, it's your full responsibility to work on your healing for those around you, for your husband, your wife, your children. Um, Not so much your mother and father because, hey, you know, if you're grown and on your own, you know, you can control your own environment now. So, you know, just forgive them. Forgiveness was a huge thing that I had to deal with with my mom. Mm. Um, You know, I had to just forgive her. And and then I had to know that the apology was never going to come. You know, mm. because people don't see things, they don't see that they did wrong. Mm. Uh, and it, it was it, it would have been a huge burden for me to start trying to tell her, well, you did this wrong, and you did that wrong, and you and you and you. Mm-hmm. I just said, I just had to forgive her. I just had mm-hmm. to forgive her and know that the apology may never come. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So. So let's go back to that a little bit. So you said, with him, have you ever sat down with your mom and? had a conversation about something specific 
that you wanted closure to or an apology from or understanding? I and mean, she was resistant to that? Yeah, so the my adolescence to her is a blur. Is a, okay. a blur. Like she really don't remember like nothing. You know, she don't she didn't raise me. I was with my great grandmother from essentially months you know, all the way up to 17 years mm-hmm. old. So I think that's a part of, in, in my, I think if I, if I could put it away, I think my mom has packed those thoughts away. And she looks at it like, well, I gave you the best life that I could give you. And that was with somebody else. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I, I didn't, I didn't beat you. I didn't abuse. I didn't, you know, you weren't hungry. You weren't, you was over there. You was in good hands. Yeah, you you was wasn't in, with me. Yeah, but you was in good hands. Mm-hmm. So I think in her mind, she feels like that's enough. Like, what else do you want from me? Like, I provided you, you know, whatever. You was over there in this nice, stable environment. And that's true. And that's how I viewed it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Because anytime that I brought it up, that's what she would say. Oh, I made sure you was good. Okay. And I'm like, so. but a kid still needs their mom. Right. So, I know my mom, she was in my life. um, But she wasn't as present. Mm-hmm. As um, what, looking back on it now, and I and I know it because I do it to my kids. Like I can be in my room all day, and I'm fine with my kids being in their room all day. Mm-hmm. You know, and being affectionate. Like my mom wasn't a hugger, so that's why I try to be more of a hugger. You know, and I know we started off talking about Jeezy and how you know his childhood and being married and how it manifested itself so it's it's you know now that has me thinking but like I know with my kids I really try to push myself to be like more affectionate and in tune Mm -hmm. so do you feel like not having your mother there change maybe does it affect your parenting with your children yeah I think it causes me to go overboard overboard with Mm -hmm. my kids okay I think it just causes me to just go above and beyond and you know, just, I mean, it's no award for being mommy of the year, but, mm-hmm. you know, I just try to do, you know, overdo it with them. And I think that that's a, that's a problem, you know, cause any, too much of anything is, is Now when good. you say overdoing, give me a, like an example like of overdoing. With, with stuff, with anything they ask, you mm-hmm. know, I'm up stressing, like, oh, I got to do it because if I don't do it, they're going to be disappointed and they're going to feel a type of way. Mm-hmm. So, and so now just here recently, have I gotten to the point where I just said no. Because I'm not going to, you know, kill myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not. Now they're probably thinking you the bad mama. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm the bad mama. Now the bad they, mama. They're like, hold on. We was doing basketball, track, cheerleading. We we had weekly movie. And mm-hmm. Tuesday night we ate dinner out. You know, one one night a week we was eating out. And, you know, if they said spaghetti, I was whipping up spaghetti. And yeah. I was walking a tightrope for my kids. And, and, now, and, and I don't, I do not regret doing any of it. But I think that was because of my lack thereof. Hmm. Yeah. So when I went to ther- therapy after losing my dad, when I went to therapy for grief, this was after grieving the loss of my dad. And I said, I've lost everything. And she was like, where's your mom? And I said, oh, about that. <laughs> like, mm. you know what I'm saying? So you hadn't even realized how much of a, um, right. Because it's a gap. You, how there. do you go in and say you lost everything and you came from two parents and the other parents still alive? And you're putting this much emphasis on losing one. So, okay, mm-hmm. you lost your dad, but you still have your mom. And I'm like, no, I don't. What? See, I didn't grow up with my dad. It was just my mom. Mm-hmm. So, and then she wasn't as present. 
So, you know, with my kids, I'm tr- I'm trying. Like I know, like with my daughter who is older, you know, we have a different relationship, obviously, than her and my boys. But I'm just really trying to be more present. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking about my child, and also. You know, I could be very rough around the edges. So I'm trying to be more softer with my daughter because, like, I'm, you know. So I, I just know, like, that gap, though. Even though your mom wasn't there physically and my mom was, she wasn't in tune. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, like, looking at how it plays out in my parenting. Because I really don't remember doing, like, a lot of huggy-huggy, kissy-kissy with my mm-hmm. mom, you know. So I try to make sure, like, I... You know, I'm loving on them a little bit more, and I'm probably getting really annoying with it these days. Right, right. I can definitely understand. And then there are times as a parent where you feel like, I'm tired of these kids. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of them. I don't want to hear. I want to come home. I don't want to hear no voice. I don't want to hear, Mama, can I have? I don't, can I get? I don't want to talk to you. Sometimes that's how you feel as a parent. Right, right. (laughs) You know, Parenting is hard. Parenting is hard. Being the sole provider in the household is hard, um, you know. But like I said, this this is just a snippet of Delina and I doing some unpacking in front of you guys to show you that hey, we come up here for we come up here to motivate you guys. Mm-hmm. But somebody had to motivate us. We had to motivate yeah. ourselves. Like every day is a journey for us. Are we doing it right? You mm-hmm. know, are we are we are we checking off the boxes? Are we doing what we're supposed to? And then you mm-hmm. have to think. Not today, but how is this going to affect my future child? You know, when they grow up, they're going to say, oh, mommy wasn't, you know, she never, Mm -hmm. I don't recall, you know, my kids will tell me now they never had a birthday party. (laughs) And I'm looking at them like, I got pictures, I got proof. But if, you know, if they didn't come up with the idea, which, you know, kids now is getting limousines. And they get they having celebrities come and do concerts. I'm not doing none of that. And see, I, 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 my pocket, my pocket don't support that. So the most I might have done was get like a motel room, you know, because of course you don't want to do the after party cleanup. So like I said, Delina and I um, have done some unpacking in front of you guys, um, and it just goes to show us many layers to the healing process. And we're just talking about, you know, the influence of good or bad parenting, mm-hmm. mental health. You know, just normalizing, thinking back about your childhood and, you know, how certain things in your childhood can affect where you are now and going, tapping in and unpacking those things and seeing how they show up in your life now. What are you doing, you know, to keep the cycle from going? You know, if you grew up arguing with your mom, having screaming matches or physical fights with a parent, a dad, what are you doing now differently with your children? Like, are, are you, are you motivated enough to raise your children so that they don't have to lay on someone's couch when they get older to deal with all the damaging things that you've recreated. You know, that's really all I really want to do as a parent is just be somebody they can talk to and push them into the right direction, doing the right things, being around the right people, making good decisions. That's it. You know, so that when they grow up and be wives and husbands and they're leading families, their feet isn't, they can walk into that marriage with their footing in the right place. You know, you're going to have issues as a husband and a wife or, you know, just in your adult life period, 
But I think when you deal with your childhood traumas and you try to do better, you know what they are and you're actively doing the work and trying to keep one foot in front of the other, it can make the other stuff smoother. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah, so I hope that you're doing your work, you're checking in on your mental health. Um, if you're dealing with things, struggling with things, if you find yourself randomly feeling sad, a dip, a dip in emotion, talk to a friend, talk to somebody at church. I know certain jobs have counseling programs that you can do for free. Um, so, you know, tap in, um, get those bottled up feelings out, you know, um, and talk to somebody, you know. And just to add on to that, <clears throat> just to add on to that, I would say, and do it before you go into your next relationship. Go Do it before you go into your next marriage. Do it before you have a kid. Do it before. Don't wait until <clears throat> you end something and then determine, hey, I need to do something different. Now, when you know, do therapy, whatever. But I'm saying if you're in a place right now where you're not in a relationship, where you don't have any kids, and you know that you've had a traumatic upbringing, go ahead and do what you need to do to get the rest of your life set up for success. Yes. Yes. Well, until next week, we'll see you back here. Don't forget to minimize the screen, like, share if you care, tell a friend to tell a friend, and we'll see you back uh, next Tuesday, Share Motivation Podcast. Have a great week. Jesus,